This is Marathon to March. Welcome back, everyone. Jonathan Litzkin alongside David Campbell. As always, you're listening to Marathon to March on KCU 88.1 FM. Special guest on today, Dave Matter. He covers Mizzou for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Dave, I want to get straight to the point because the bat signal was sent out just over an hour ago, it feels like. Do you have any feeling about who's coming, whether that's a coach or a player? Uh, I, I don't think it's a coach. I'm not quite sure on what player it is. This is since we're still kind of in the infancy stages of covering the staff and getting to know these coaches. Uh, it's all a bit of a mystery. It's a little bit different when you know everyone a little bit better. And I've actually met them more than one or two times. So kind of in the dark on this one, which is, you know, this is the game they play with putting out the tweets and, uh, I, you know, either way, I, I'd always kind of prefer to let the the uh, the recruits or the players break the news on their own. But in this case, I, I I really don't know. It could, who knows? It could be out there in a matter of minutes. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, what was your initial reaction when you found out Mizzou was hiring Dennis Gates, and what was kind of the feeling around Mizzou? I guess. Well, I think people that pay attention to college basketball pretty closely uh, understood the hire and, and thought that it made sense and it was a good fit. You know, Dennis Gates has kind of positioned himself to be in that tier of coaches who was next in line for a high major job at one of the six major conferences. So, you know, I had him on a list that I put together, you know, back before even Missouri made a coaching changes that I kind of had ready in case they made the move and as somebody that I thought kind of logically made sense. Uh, with his experience at Florida State and then being able to turn around, you know, a mid-major, low to mid-major program at, at Cleveland State. So I, I thought it made sense. Um, you know, I, I didn't think Missouri was going to, you know, pay a ton of money for a real high-profile, proven, um, you know, older veteran coach. I thought this was the kind of profile that they would go after. Uh, so to me, it made sense. Uh, I think maybe the casual fan that doesn't follow the Horizon League very closely probably had to look up who Dennis Gates was, uh, and that's fine because there's you know there's 330 something Division One programs out there. Not every not, the casual fans aren't familiar with all the coaches out there, um, but those who you know pay attention pretty closely knew that you know Dennis Gates was in position to get a job like this sooner than later. Yeah, that's absolutely right, um, Dave. I actually want to get, get get going right into the into the players of who could be on Mizzou next year. I think one of the most important players that. Gates brought in was someone that he actually just kept, and then Aiden Shaw, uh, obviously someone who was committed to Conzo Martin beforehand. Um, do you have an idea how that process went um, of decommitting before coming back, and how important is it to have Aiden Shaw on this roster? Well, I, I think for one, I think it's a it's a testament to the recruiting job that Conzo and his staff did to get Aiden Shaw on board in the first place, the highest rated recruit Missouri's had in four years since since Martin's first class. Uh, and, and then I give, you know, 
Aiden credit for doing it, uh, you know, a responsible way of, hey, I'm going to explore the market out there, see who else is out there. You know, I committed to, to Coach Martin, and I want to see, you know, what other offers may be there. He and his family did meet with other coaches, uh, other programs, and just wanted to see where a good fit would be if there was a better fit than Missouri. But he also kept a very open mind all along. I mean, the day he decommitted, he he, he told me, hey, I'm going to consider whoever Missouri hires. I, I'll listen to them. I just need to know who that's going to be. Uh, and then once he did, I think Dennis Gates made him a priority. And, uh, you know, he didn't – he's not the kind of kid that was going to, you know, post every single discussion or every uh, meeting he had, you know, make that public on social media. He kind of kept things pretty quiet. And then when he was – when he felt comfortable enough to stick with his pledge to Missouri, you know, he, he made that known. He just moved on from there. So I think it's, it was a really important get because he is, you know, technically he's an out-of-state player, but he's from that Kansas City area and uh you know every missouri coach wants to be able to get the home the homegrown in-state players and, and he's obviously an important one and i think this team just needs good players and, and he is a good one i don't know if he's a steps into the lineup on day one and makes a huge difference as an all sec player i don't think he's that type of uh of addition but he's somebody that you can develop for sure Get, get something out of him as a freshman and then, you know, try to develop him into that all-conference player, you know, as he gets a little bit older. But, he's, you know, he's not a one-and-done guy, but he is a um, a guy with a lot of upside. It can you know, help you out in different ways as, as he grows and develops. Yeah, Dave, you mentioned earlier that the casual fan might not know as much about Dennis Gates right off the bat. Two guys that he brought in in this offseason, Sean East and Mohamed Diara, he, they might not know as much about either. What do you think people need to know about just the level of JUCO basketball in general to understand what Mizzou is getting with Easton Diara? Well, the good thing with East is you, he's got experience at the Division One level. So this, now granted, not at the high major, and he didn't play in the SEC, but you know he played a decent schedule at UMass as a freshman, and then in the Missouri Valley Conference as a sophomore at Bradley. So he has played at a level above, you know, the junior college level, and he was productive. He wasn't. You know, an all-conference guy to either of those places. He averaged about nine points and four assists. But he got on the floor early as a freshman. He's played a lot of college basketball. And then he, he did what you're supposed to do when you drop down a level and go to junior college. You dominate. You double your stats. He averaged, you know, 20-something points a game and about six assists and uh, shot better than 41% from three-point range, which is really, really good. Now, does that translate right away? into the sec i think it does but i don't i think it would be naive to expect him to duplicate those numbers in the sec that he had at junior college i would expect maybe somewhere between what his numbers were at bradley and then what he did at john logan college uh he's a he's a year older uh, he'll get in a in an sec weight room and work with an sec staff so you expect him to still develop but he's the kind of player at the position that this team really lacked and really needed is, is a, a floor leader, a point guard, a, a point guard who can score and facilitate and, and be that, um, be that, you know, primary ball handler that we know they, they lacked last season. So an important addition for sure. And just, you know, talking to his head coach at, at Logan, um, he's a really uh, impressive young man, just how he's handled his business at, at junior college. You know, you, a lot of kids come out of there with kind of a chip on their shoulder because, you know, you don't have the best resources. You don't get the notoriety and attention that you were getting before, maybe, uh, or you might get down the road. But he, you know, he was all business there and is going to come in, I think, pretty driven and motivated to prove that, you know, he's a better player than what he was at the other two stops. And 
Um, he's not just a, a JUCO guy. He's a he's a high level, high high major conference player. And then Diara is another. He just fills another need this team needs. They need some size. They need a rim protector. He's a was a really productive rebounder at uh, Garden City Community College. Now he's I, he's probably still a little bit raw because you know he didn't do much his freshman year there. He comes from overseas, and I'm sure he's still learning the game to some degree, at least at this level. So I don't know if, you know, again, they're not getting the first year all SEC center, um, but he can do a lot of different things at that position. He's, he's not Jeremiah Tillman. He's not just going to park himself in the paint, you know, 30 minutes a game, but he can he can get out and show some shooting range. And, but most important, he can score inside, he can block shots, he can rebound, just give you a, a presence that, you know, this roster really doesn't have right now. Yeah, and then two other players that – might need to take some time to adjust to sort of that SEC competition level are Deboy Hodge and Trey Gomillion, the two Cleveland State transfers, both obviously played for Dennis Gates. How important is it for Gates to have two guys on the roster that already know his system and already know what he kind of wants to accomplish and do? Yeah, that's why I think that they're, you know, they, they were able to take them and they wanted to take them. Uh, if, if Gates came from somewhere else, and or let's just say that Conzo Martin got these two commitments. I, I don't. I think people would be kind of um, suspect of skeptical a little bit of why are you adding these two Cleveland State players? But I think you almost give them the benefit of the doubt because Dennis knows who they are. He knows what they'll bring to the table. He's going to have realistic expectations for them. He's not going to come in and expect them to score 20 points a game and be, you know, first team All SEC necessarily. Uh, but he knows them. He knows how they'll fit in. And, and more, maybe more important, they know him. You know, they're going to be able to relate to the other guys, the other newcomers, and the returning players. Hey, this is what, um, this is what this guy wants. This is what he expects. This is what his program is all about. Uh, this is what what his offense is like. His defense is like. So to have some some very natural kind of transition players, it can be really, really valuable when you're instilling systems, when you're, um, you know, instilling a culture and installing systems and, and things like that. And they're really good defensive players. They were at, um, at, at Cleveland State, you know, the last two Horizon League defensive players of the year. I, I think Chameleon's interesting because he played all over the court, did a lot of different things for you. Uh, he won that defensive award despite not really putting up like some eye-popping numbers like he didn't have a bunch of steals or block shots or anything like that so that tells you that the coaches in that league just really respected what he did on the floor as a defender uh being versatile and, and just being um you know a, a team player on that end of the court so I, I, interesting guys for sure uh we'll see exactly how they fit and what their roles are once kind of have a better idea what this roster is going to be i'm glad that you brought up defense dave because that's actually my next question is you brought in obviously defensive player of the year go million hodge you mentioned a great defender Kobe Brown already on the squad. We know what he's uh, what he does defensively. I think Noah Carter, their transfer, is a good defender as well. Uh, is the defensive identity going to be a key for this team? And with that, will there be a bit of an offensive struggle? Uh, it could be. You just don't really know. I mean, we, we I don't I don't pretend to know enough about what Gates did and what he plans to do in Missouri. You know, it's a little different than football where you go hire a coordinator who you know exactly what his scheme looks like and he's going to make it work at his new place uh, basketball can be a little bit different and um, you know sometimes you just kind of have to adapt to what kind of talent you have and what kind of size you have what you have a point guard and uh, you know things like that what you can you can play a different type of tempo depending on your personnel and, and depending on your depth too 
so we'll see all that develop over time. Um, yeah, I mean, every coach wants to be good defensively. Nobody, no new coach comes in, takes over a program, says, hey, you know what, we're not going to care about defense. Uh, you know, that's the best teams in this league. As, as much as they produce NBA talent and prolific scores like, you know, Jabari Smith at Auburn over all the guys at Arkansas and Kentucky, the elite teams in the SEC are elite national elite national teams defensively. You look at Tennessee and Arkansas this year, uh, even LSU, um, those teams really got after it on the defensive end because they had really good athletes and good systems in place. And um, sometimes they had some, enough depth to be able to, to really play physical and aggressive. So uh, that was definitely lacking on this, this Missouri team last year. And it stood out because they, they struggled to score and shoot so much too, that they weren't really good at anything. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if, if, if he has better athletes, more depth, and just kind of a better idea of what his personnel is, then then they could be a better defensive team. It'd be harder to be worse in some areas because that team really struggled last year. But um, we'll see. Uh, we can talk about transfers all day as well. I mentioned Kobe Brown already, but I want to specifically you know, hone in on three different guys, and that's Ryan DeGray, Jerron Coleman, Amari Davis, three of the six who returned from last year's squad. Um, how do these tra- uh, transfers impact their roles in the team? I, I really like what DeGray did last year. I was probably higher on him than most fans were. I just think that he kind of knows who he is on the floor and he gets things done. Does kind of he'll, he'll accept the dirty work. He, there's sometimes where he gets a little happy taking the threes, uh, but he's shown that he could make them in big moments at times. Uh, he just probably took a few too many. And you know, on a team like that that had no shooting outside of really Deshaun Gordon and occasionally Boogie Coleman, um, it's hard to fault somebody for trying to just be the one that steps up and takes shots. So I, I really liked DeGray's game. Uh, I thought he played bigger than, than what he is, and I thought he showed a lot of promise. A, a complete team-first guy. I thought he had a great attitude and personality and demeanor out there. So I think you find a role for him regardless. And they, they do seem to have a little bit of a logjam of similarly-sized forwards at that kind of undersized power forwards you'd look at kobe brown's not undersized but he's he's more of a four than a five for sure um degray is probably in, in the same mode noah carter's probably in that same mode too and um you know a million played a lot of the four at cleveland state I, I don't see him doing a lot of that in missouri unless they really go small so you've got uh, you know, three guys that kind of fit that same position. So you got, might have to be creative. You can go small like they did last year. Kobe can play minutes at the five. Not not his best position. It's where he tends to get some fouls early. Um, but but he can do that for you. And, and DeGray could a little bit too. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I still like whatever Ronnie gives you. Whatever you get out of him, I think, is a, is a bonus because he just gives a, a, a helps out in a lot of different areas. Uh, Coleman can shoot, you know, he, he's very streaky. He can get hot and, and hit some threes. Like, he's he's not afraid to take those shots. Obviously, his ball handling really struggled last year. He was kind of pressed into a role that wasn't best suited. He wasn't best suited for, and that's not necessarily his fault. I think it was just a, a poor evaluation on the staff. And they, you know, Conzo admitted that late in the year, that Conzo, that, that Boogie wasn't necessarily the guy they hoped he would be or they thought he would be as a pure point guard but he can play off the ball and do some good things i think if he gets in a little bit better shape uh you know i think he can be a, a good defender and hit some threes for you and just maybe not a 30 minute a game guy but somebody that can help you davis you know it, he's got that mid-range jumper that is rare in today's game 
but he, he kind of gets lost out there sometimes it seems like because he doesn't shoot threes well. He can get to the rim, but not when he's defended by a bigger bigger body. Uh, he plays hard defense, but still he's a little bit undersized at times, depending on the matchups. He's not he's he, he's not a, a pure shooter from three, but he's also not a great ball handler at point guard. So you don't you can't really play him a lot of minutes there. So I'm not sure what his role is going forward, especially when you add a handful of guards like they have. Uh, but another good guy that I think will. He's fine coming off the bench, um, but again, he could be somebody that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, Dave, just a couple more things for you. You have the SEC has kind of started, I guess, a movement in college basketball. You have Arkansas, Bama, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee all utilize the transfer portal now. All of them recruit high school players as well. You have Florida with Todd Golden, who's had a very good offseason. What do you what do you th- what are your thoughts about like the way SEC basketball is trending and the importance of getting the higher right for Mizzou? Well, I, I think the way to go about it is you you recruit the best high school players you can find. I think it's really hard to take projects that you view as as four year developmental guys. Um, there's just not enough patience for those type players anymore. They don't want to sit. Uh, on the bench and develop they want to play right away and sometimes that's even at a lower level if they're not getting playing time uh, but you've, you've got to take advantage of the portal I mean I guess you don't have to but I don't see how you survive if you don't uh, you can find instant upgrades uh, sometimes at the mid-major level more often than not at the mid-major level I've heard from a lot of fans and even some media that are upset that Gates isn't going out and getting high major players at the transfer portal and there just aren't many that that are that good. Um, a lot of times the high major players are the ones that are transferring down, like like uh, uh, Deshaun Gordon who's going to New Mexico State. You, know, you don't see a lot of uh, a, a lot of high major guys that are going to other high major programs. There's some, but when you consider how many high majors there are, there's just not enough to go around. So what you got to do is you got to find the right mid-major guy that's transferring up and whose production will translate, like a a Drew Smith, like a Cassius Robertson, like all these guys Gates is getting that they hope translates into more production or the same level of production at the high major level. So I think you've got to do a combination of the two. Uh, when Charlton Young was hired, he, he made the comment they don't want to get into the habit of just getting guys with one year of eligibility. It's hard to really build your program, build a locker room and culture if you're just getting these one-year rental players all the time. Uh, it helps that they are older sometimes and they've got something to prove you know, on their last leg of college basketball, but it's just hard when they only got one year of eligibility. So ideally, you want to find somebody with two or three and um, you know, have some continuity from year to year. But that's just harder and harder to do these, these days. Players don't want to sit around forever. Uh, and even guys that are first-team all-conference players still think the grass is greener somewhere else and they it's it's never been easier to transfer so that's, some of that's just inevitable you can't i don't think there's any way to prevent it because that's just college basketball in 2022 yeah one last thing for you dave we appreciate you coming on but last question here is a, just a generic one there's no doubt that coach gates has improved the roster uh, but right as as of right now what do you think is uh, the ceiling for this team expectations are they a potential ncaa tournament team I don't know about that. Yeah, this this league is really top heavy, and I don't see them touching those top four or five teams quite yet. And then you know, with with six new head coaches, well five, but six coaches in places. If you count um, Mike White moving from Florida to Georgia, and he just got maybe the best transfer point guard out there 
yesterday and Terry Roberts from Bradley, um, it's it's hard to know what those other teams are going to look like with new head coaches. So I don't think anybody can sit here and say, well, Missouri's definitely going to be better than South Carolina or definitely going to be better than Mississippi State because th- those schools went out and hired um, you know new coaches that are kind of blowing up their rosters as well. So I think the goal would be, hey, you want to be playing in – late February, March, with a chance to get on the bubble. Uh, if, worst-case scenario, get into the NIT, and as a first-year program that had to rebuild the roster from one that wasn't very good, I, that would be a success. But half the teams in the league are saying that right now, and the other half all think they can make the Final Four because they probably can. So it's it's a tough league to rebuild in right now because it's so competitive, and it's also there's so much turnover going on right now within the conference. You know, six of the eight teams, six of the fourteen, undergoing coaching changes. So um, it's I, I, I think it would be a lot to expect this group to suddenly go from you know the team they were last year to making the NCAA tournament. Um, part of it's going to have to do with scheduling, but we know who they're going to play in the SEC, and it's it's a really, really tough competitive conference. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. You were fantastic. A lot of good insight on the current Mizzou roster and the hire of Dennis Gates in general. We're going to go take a break. When we get back, a bunch of other transfer portal updates. We'll be right back. This is Marathon to March. Salute Your Sports is back and better than ever. Tune in at our new time, 12 p.m. on Fridays on KCOU 88.1 FM and at our website, kcou.fm. Salute Your Sports is going on our 11th year strong, the longest-running Mizzou-centric KCOU radio show, and you can catch myself, Zach Berman, David Campbell, and Adam Busek as we talk all things Missouri Tigers. Once again, 12 p.m. Central on KCOU 88.1 FM. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Delivering food, supplies, and medicine. Keeping communities safe. Making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready, always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. Everyone has their favorite moment in sports. The NBA Finals. The Super Bowl. The Penalty Box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Wait, what? You heard me right. Join me, Peter Camp, and my co-host, Jack Knowlton, on Thursdays at 4 p.m. as we talk about news surrounding college sports, the NBA, and the NFL. And don't forget everyone's favorite segment, The Penalty Box, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Come join the fun. Hey, this is Tommy Wizzle, and you listen Columbia KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time.
This is Marathon of March. My name is David Campbell. Alongside me is Jonathan Witzkin. Today we're going to be talking about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We actually are going to talk about the We Minnesota actually are. <laughs> we <laughs> actually are, believe it or not. Uh, Dave, okay. Ma- Dave Matter just joined us before yeah. the break. Fantastic interview breaking down Mizzou's current basketball roster, as well as the hire of Dennis Gates in the state of SEC basketball. Make sure you go back and listen to that if you haven't already. They can't go back on live radio, John. No, but when it's posted after, they can. Uh, they can't do that. Uh, second half of the show, update, transfer portal update. We got a lot of news this week, David. We did. And I will say that the bat signal we, we discussed was posted earlier, so if any news breaks while we're on air, we will, we will say it right away. As, as, will. as soon as we figure it out, I have my Twitter feed open, so we're all updated on that. Don't see anything at this time. We're hoping it's Nick Honor. David's hoping Nick Honor goes to Minnesota. I hope it's um. I hope it's Roche, Jeremy Roche. Well, Roche is on a vi- <laughs> Roche is on a Jeremy. Roche. Jason Roche is yeah. on a vid- visit today to Richmond. Yeah, so it won't be. Roche. So it won't be him. The other two guys I think you have to look out for is Nick Honor and Dylan Penn. Both who have taken visits here. Both who are like kind of in the final list. So those are the two guys I would look out for personally. This team has too many guards. We don't need a guard. But speaking of Minnesota. Minnesota. Phenomenal. The national champions. I can imagine. I can dream. Minnesota working the transfer portal at long last. Dawson Garcia mm-hmm. hey. goes from Marquette. Yeah, that's plus one right there. To UNC to now Minnesota. His hometown. Talent, talented kid. Yeah. Really highly recruited kid. Didn't work out at Marquette. Got injured at UNC and it they did pl- not work out at Marquette. They just switched coaches. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Very he, true. He wanted to move on and, and then join up with his AAU buddy Hearn Walton at UNC. He gets injured at UNC. Eh, they, injured they, and also something else that where you don't. They really kind of go story. on a run without him. He kind of gets forgotten. They don't kind of go on a run. They do go on a run without him. Start- the, did you see the question that that one reporter asked Orlando Baycott? No, that, I didn't. There was a question that they asked Baycott, R.J. Davis, Love, and Manic because they beat Marquette, you know, in the first round. And they go, have you had a chance to talk to Gosh Garcia at all? And Baycott, R.J. Davis, Love, and and Manic just kind of laugh and kind of just you know. <laughs> it was an, it was inevitable. It, was it feels kinda, like it was just kind of awkward. Like, yeah, everyone was just kind of like, yeah, no, we didn't talk to him because he's like not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that there, feeling, there, were, yeah. there were rumors that like he quit on the team, but I think it was just a family issue, and and now he's back home. Yeah, two time transfer now doesn't have to get a waiver nope. because he went back to Minnesota. Yep. I forget exactly what the rules. Hard, are. hard waiver, hard wire, hardship waiver, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So we can go back to Minnesota because of family issues, or whatever it may be. Um, and this is this is a huge get. And Minnesota is the only team. That, that, that's not true at all. Minnesota is one of like 13, 14 teams. I think it was Goodman or Burzell that tweeted this that said thirteen or fourteen teams have yet to lose a player. Mm-hmm. In the portal, and yeah. Minnesota is one of them. They have not lost anybody. Mm-hmm. I think Duke's one of those as well. I think it was twelve. Yeah, Duke. The, I know Minnesota was one of them as well. Arizona was on there. I remember yeah. that. Um, no one's at the portal on our end, and I don't think anyone will. Uh, and you bring in Dawson Garcia, you now have a loaded front court. And here's the thing: people got to realize this. And I can go on my Minnesota rant. We can talk about Minnesota. We want, but I'll just save it for this. I've been thinking about it. We have seen homegrown talent come to Minnesota and had and has had like really extremely good success. And that's like not even just like dudes like who are outside of the top 150. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like top 100, 150 guys who come to Minnesota. There's two obvious examples. One's Daniel Oturu, who was a top 100 player from Creighton Durham Hall, came to Minnesota, was dominant, 
and was one of the best bigs in the Big Ten. He's now in the Windy City Bulls and spent some time in the NBA. Other one's Amir Coffey, who's a top 50 player, mm-hmm. came to Minnesota, and now he's in the NBA and now he's on a standard contract in the NBA and was an old Big Ten player. You know what I mean? So if these if these homegrown talents, Dawson Garcia was a top fifty player, I believe. I think he was like forty seven in his class, something like that. You know, he's back now, and I think he's going to have major success. I really think he is because I, I think this program's good when they get good players. You know, real quick before the transition to the next one, just came out Kofi Coburn decision coming Wednesday. Oh my God! I think it's pretty, 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 no. I'm about to tell you the decision. Um, if the I'm, decision personally, if I was him, with where he's at, I don't think he's an NBA player. No. And I think he'll make a lot of money with NIL if he goes back to school. Agreed. So personally, I would go back to school if I was him. I think Illinois is going to be very good again if he returns. I think they're going to probably be a tournament team even without him. But, yeah, yeah. if I was him, I'd go back. Uh, guy Adam Busack will want to hear about. Eli Parquet, along with Elijah Hark- Harkless from Oklahoma, headed to UNLV. I think UNLV can be a sleeper in the Mountain West next Mountain year. West is... Might next be, year. Might be amazing next year. They, that might be. They will be. We'll see with them. They did lose Bryce Hamilton, who declared he can come back. He has eligibility left. And they also lost Donovan Williams, who's testing the waters. So if they can bring back either one or both of those guys, UNLV should probably be a tournament team next year. They had a very good year this year under, God, I forget his first name, but Lon Kruger's son is, is the coach there now. Don Kruger. <laughs> it's not Don. I don't know. Jimmy Kruger. It is Kevin Kruger. Oh. Very good year. Like so, Kevin Kugler. Yes. The announcer. Mm-hmm. At, UN, at UNLV. He had a very good year one, losing a couple of important players. But if you can bring them back along with these transfers, they should be a, probably a tournament team. And probably the third best team in the Mountain West. Yeah, many would say that. Maybe even second, depending on how things shake up. Speaking of Illinois, we just mentioned Kofi Coburn. Time to talk about Andre Curbelo, David. The ever-reckless Andre Curbelo who... I have been very critical of this year. Yeah, as, as is as every a lot college of basketball fan on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. He had a very bad year. There's no sugarcoating no it. Sugar he goes to St. John's. I don't think it's a good fit. He's from New York. I understand why he made that decision. But Posh Alexander is the best guard in the Big East next year. And I don't know what kind of role Andre Carbello is going to have there. Neither do I. Neither do I. You know, Andre Carbello. Sometimes has success when there's a better guard on his team, Adesumo, and sometimes he has no success when they're better on a team, Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. So we'll just see. Um, I like. I've always liked St. John's the program. Um, they really underperformed this year, and I think for St. John's perspective, I'm totally willing to take a chance on that hometown guy getting just a new, fresh look at things. You know, he could be a huge factor for them. More likely than not, it's not going to be as. It's not going to work out as, as we all hope, but we'll see. Um, I hope Corbella turns it around because he was so good two years ago. Yeah. he did. I'll, I'll always say this, and I was told this actually by a friend over the summer. Andre Corbello had like an ideal season for a freshman point guard yeah. his freshman year at Illinois. They, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think that's like exactly what you want if, yeah. you're, if you're a freshman and point guard. And then he just was awful last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just everything. Tried to do too much. He just tried to do too much, and... Adam Frazier just fit that backcourt much better, and so did a lot of other players on the Illinois team. Um, and we'll see where they go from there, that Illinois team as well. I mean, they're, they got a lot of moving parts right now. But uh, uh, for Andre Capello's perspective, I think I, I'm, I think it's a good move just in terms of get a new place to go and play. Earl Timberlake to Bryant. What a weird one. Yeah, Bryant's going to be good. Dude, Bryant could be a squad. Like, Bryant, like, 
I don't think they're going to make our, by the way, we came up with a name for uh, the summer project, the top, the yeah. 68 teams in 68 days. It's going to be called selection summer. Yeah. Which I think is very creative. It's a good name. I don't think Brian's going to make that 68. No. I don't think they're going to have an, an episode in Selection Summer, but I don't think they're going to be that far off either. They were right there, man. Mm-hmm. They, they now added Doug Eater, Earl Timberlake. They could bring back Peter Kiss. They could. St- still. They so. did. This could, this could be an interesting squad. It could be an interesting squad. Like, Timberlake is an insane like, get for them. If, if, I had, if I had a dollar for every time John Rothstein this offseason tweets, Bryant might be the second best team in New England, not named UConn or Providence. I would have a McDonald's meal by now. Yeah, I, and a legitimate McDonald's meal. I'm yeah. talking about not like a McFlurry or anything like yeah. that. Um, not a small fry. But yeah, it's an interesting fit. Really interesting fit. Devin Carter, Clifton Moore, and Noah Locke all go to Providence over the weekend. Providence has to replace a lot. We knew we knew that, but they're going to keep Jared Bynum and. They, they should have probably an NCAA tournament team again. Definitely top five in the Big East at the moment. I like Nolak a lot. I mm-hmm. liked him last year um, when he was at Florida. Um, I, I wish he made more of a splash there. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. Providence is another team. They've had that, you know, making sure it worked. It's like it, it got a Dave Matter for you, but it's not about, it's not about the basketball. It's, okay. about, it's about Gary Pinkle. So we'll, we'll just pass on that. Yeah. Um, so... For for Providence, they had a taste of success last year, and they want to just keep that main maintain as much popularity, success with that Providence mm-hmm. program as you possibly can. Um, that's what Cooley wants to do, and I think bringing in as many guys you know as you can, different moving parts and pieces would it would be very beneficial for them. Obviously, team won't be as successful as last year, but if you kind of maintain that success, keep the fans into it, and you know keep the program going. Creighton adds to their bench, adding Francisco Farabello from TCU yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was TCU's best shooter last year. He didn't play a ton. He didn't score a lot, but he's a very good sh- good shooter. And Creighton needs shooters, so I think that's a, I think he it's didn't a good addition for them. He didn't score, but he's really good. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he dress, addresses a need. Yeah, fr- frankly. So I, I thought I mentioned Armand him. Frankly, that was really stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, one of most my most exciting moments updating the uh, the database yesterday happened. If it involves one person's name, Kihei Clark okay, got to move, got came back to Virginia, and I got to move Armand Franklin to the bench for Virginia. <laughs> hey, the thing is though, like Kihei Clark, man, God, that guy's still here. Yeah, he's been here forever. I don't like. I'm trying to think. This will be his Sixth fifth year. year, right? Sixth year, fifth. He was a freshman the year they won the title. Yeah, I guess it is his fifth year. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. This will be his his COVID year. That's insanity. And then he grad transfers. To, I don't know. The we'll, Bryant. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Farabella to Creighton. Tristan Newton goes from East Carolina to UConn. UConn needed to point guard. They get one. Not a, Newton's not a great shooter, but he's a good floor general, and he scores in in the lane. They don't, very, they don't, very need, good they don't need an amazing score at the point guard position for UConn. Adama Sonogo will... Unbelievable next year, and I think we expect a lot of big things from Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins as well. David does expect big things from them, um, so you don't need Chris Newton to average 15 a game. You just need to average. I mean, stats don't matter for him. You know, he just needs to be a calm, collected guy. The last commitment we have out of the portal, Warren Washington, literally just like 30 minutes ago, committed to Arizona State. Yeah, talented kid, got used in kind of a weird way, wrong way, I guess with. The wrong with way. St- with Steve Alford at Nevada, yeah. 
And, you know, it's Steve Alford. What do you expect? It happens. It happens from time to time for the I'm, best of us. I'm not sure that's getting fixed at Arizona State. But, you know, Arizona State now adding the Cambridge brothers and Warren Washington. They've had a solid offseason. Yeah. So definitely something to monitor when it comes to early Pac-12 rankings. Yeah. Some late entries from these are some big names transfer too. portal. We can, first, some, we can take some time here because this is these are some big names. Yeah, the first one I'm guessing you're going to want to discuss in detail, and that's Tyrese Hunter from I'm Iowa State. I'm scared, Liddy. Tyrese Hunter yesterday. There was kind of a weird reaction when he entered the portal. Everyone kind of freaked out, including Iowa State fans, which you know, like it's like expected. They lose their top player. Like, why wouldn't you freak out? But it's kind of the whole. We kind of got into the whole deal, and we get into it every year of. Is the portal good for college basketball? It's ruining the sport. Like, these kids have no loyalty. And first of all, the portal's great for the sport because whether people want to realize it or not, there's not the separation in college basketball that we have in college football. And the NCAA tournament has extreme random variants. And so it eliminates, like, these big-time programs having this, like, monopoly on the sport, so to seem. Tyrese Hunter is going to be one of the top five or six players in the portal. He is one of the top five or six players in the portal. And he was only a freshman last year. Had a very good freshman season. So, David, I ask you, what do you make of Tyrese Hunter? And who are some teams maybe that you think would would take him and he could have a big impact right away? Tyrese Hunter from Wisconsin, right into the Milwaukee area. Um, shout out my, my Nana for living there. Uh the thing with Tyrese Hunter, which which is kind of surprising to me, he had a million offers. He had like thirty offers that you know something like that. I'm looking at two four seven profile right now. None of them were that insanely crazy. There wasn't like a, a Texas Tech would be the best program here, but uh, no Marquette. And oh, sorry, Marquette is here. Excuse me. Yes, Marquette, but more importantly, no Wisconsin. Wisconsin did not offer Tyrese Hunter a contract. Interesting. That, that's that, weird. They have a freshman point guard in their own who I think is going to be pretty good next year in Chucky Hepburn. I mean. But, <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Like, no one knows who Chucky Hepburn is. Like, yeah, but, like, I'm just it's like... It's like, UNC, they got this big next year, could return, his name's Armando Baycott, he could, be, <laughs> he could be pretty solid for this Listen, team. Listen, it's Chucky Hepburn. Like, yeah, I know. I like him a lot, but, like, he needs more recognition. No, shout, you're right. Shout out Bucky, by the way. Yeah, shout out Bucky Badger. Uh, so here's the thing with the thing with Hunter is that when he was recruited out of high school, he, he was a five-star, six-best point guard, in, you know, in the, in the country, but... There wasn't a crazy team that was offering him. Now he's going to get a lot of high majors, a lot of big time programs going after him. Two four seven wrote down uh, who they think uh, could be after him. He's only a four star. That's kind of crazy. He's a piece of five star. He's a freaking beast. Um, who could be after him? And that's I saw Texas Tech was on there again. Um, Florida was on there. You know, um, Florida wants everyone. Florida does want everyone. So does Texas Tech. To be fair, um, Maryland. I know it wasn't. It was in the was in the area. So I think more than anything, this is just a huge loss for Iowa State because their team looks bad next year. I don't think UNC has a scholarship available. Yeah, UNC I, was another one. Sorry, I, UNC was another one. They don't. I, I don't think they do. But, but UNC you should know, just trade Kurt Walton for uh, <laughs> for Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it's sucks for them. Like, but, I mean, at the same time, like, they have Seth Trimble coming in. It's not the worst thing in the world. No, I think Trimble's really good, too, you know? So, UNC is not a team that necessarily needs big transfers. They, no, they don't. They, they kept, they're going to keep all of their players except for Manic. And, like, anyone off the bench, too, that was important. Puff Johnson's coming back. So, they, like, they'll be fine. They don't necessarily need ads to be all right. No, Hunter, Hunter should not go there. He'd be the backup point guard, and he would average less than 20 minutes per game. 
he could go to a, you know, either a like a solid power, you know, five. Kentucky, power six Kentucky school. thinks they're getting him. Tennessee, not, not, the, not the program, but their fans. <laughs> but they think they're getting everyone. The Tennessee, I think Tennessee is an interesting fit. They lost yeah, Kennedy was, Chandler. I saw that. They lost Kennedy Chandler. I think Ziegler's back, but even then, they were able to play two by guards last year, and it worked. Until they played Michigan, of course, Juwan. <laughs> but I think Tennessee's a good fit for him. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, that style worked for them. So, because he's this is just a, a curveball of a name, you know. Um, huge talent. I hope he goes somewhere where he gets to blossom. He did last year in the tournament. I mean, he was really, really good. Yeah. He had a huge shot against LSU in the first yeah, round. But now I would say you lose Brogdon. You're going to lose Hunter most likely. I th- I think Robert Jones, Gabe Kalisher, I think they have one year left. Who knows if they use it, you know? They got two guys already in the portal, but, like, Hunter's so big for them. I know. He was going to be the guy. You know, yeah. he was going to be that guy. I, I mean, Jeremiah Williams from Temple and Hassan Ward from VCU are not bad ads at all. No, but, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, Hunter is, like, potentially, like, a big 12-first team player next 1, year. 1,000%. Uh, another you, Gabe said, you, Couser, back you mentioned Tennessee and a guy that's rumored to Tennessee is Jerry Collins. Yeah, he's rumored to a lot of places. Yeah, and like, why wouldn't he be? He led he's the country awesome. in assists last year. He was on pace to like be one of the all-time assist leaders in college Huge basketball. Huge loss for St. Louis. I'm so sad he's going to move on. And St. Louis doesn't really have a point guard right now, which makes them tough to evaluate. You get Tyree Hunter. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I, I, I listen, see a point guard. Amani Bates is in the. <laughs> I like Yuri a lot. As like everyone should, mm-hmm. and I think he would fit Tennessee really well in the fact that like the, that's a team that employs a bunch of like primary ball handlers yeah. all on the floor at the same time, and I think Ziegler and him would fit really well together. I, I don't, I haven't heard much else from him. Andrew Slater mentioned he literally when he, when Yuri Collins posted his transfer portal tweet, Andrew Slater retweeted it and said. The color orange. Yeah. So, Tennessee, Illinois, Auburn. I mean, maybe like that's that's Syracuse. Please no. <laughs> the, the downfall of Syracuse is underway. We need to keep it that way. Oregon State. <laughs> um, maybe he was maybe he was talking about Oregon State. You ever think about that? Oregon what? State. The mm-hmm. U. <laughs> Yuri Collins. I think to Tennessee. That'd be cool. You mentioned Amani Bates, David. I think we're, we're obligated to talk about the former number one recruit in the country, the next LeBron James. Who called him that? To everyone when he was like, David a, did not call dude, him when that. he was a freshman in high school and an eighth grader, he was the next LeBron James. Everyone called him Julian Newman, the next LeBron James, and now he's playing no, in. D- Julian, I don't even know where he's I don't playing. know where Julian Newman is. Thailand or something like d- that. Dude, Julian Newman and Lamella Ball were like compared a lot yeah. when they were younger. Uh, that guy, that guy, man. It's weird, like just like weirdest players go viral sometimes. Yeah, I know. Monty Bates, though, the talent's there. I mean, it is. You can you can say Lids, you can say all you want about he's a no. He has a ton of talent. And you talk about how you know he's had some issues with being loyal. Obviously, with the AAU teams, he switched on. Committed to Michigan State before yeah. switch, switching over to Memphis. The AAU, AAU story is weird. I don't think I've ever like talked about that on this show before. You definitely have. <laughs> I have. I remember this conversation okay. vividly. Yeah, I, it was so it was so weird and just gave all sorts of red flags, honestly. But we saw when he did play, he looked okay. Missed a lot of the season for reasons that we are not 100% sure of. No. But uh, he was hurt, I think. Then he came back and looked pretty okay in the yeah. NCAA tournament. He was you know? good against Boise State. Yeah, and I think that he could go somewhere and be a star. 
St. Louis. So <laughs> I've been going to Andrew Slater so much lately for this because he seems to just hit on everything. Here are the teams at 240. He, first of all, it's like quote, the Seiya Suzuki of college basketball. <laughs> 247 listed a article that the teams that make sense for Imani Bates. And Andrew Slater quote tweeted it and said, you're on the right track. And here were the teams. Baylor. Ooh. Alabama, who I think Alabama would make a ton of sense. That makes so much sense. Oh my God, um, he, he just should be. But there. I think he also like shot that down this this morning, and I think he said, "I'm looking here." This guy guy asked him, "Tell me, Jalen Bridges or Imani Bates is coming to Tuscaloosa, please?" And he quote tweeted it and said, "Absolutely not for Imani. Think of a totally different location, climate, and color scheme." Here's the thing that makes so much sense, though, like Alabama, where inconsistent guard play is rewarded, you so, know. <laughs> So let's talk about totally different location, climate, and color scheme than Alabama. Minnesota. Ah, uh, the Reds kind of similar. Or, gosh darn it. Oregon. Oregon State. Or he li- Oregon is listed in this article, and Oregon is a completely different. He's location. so he's so lame, dude. Like Oregon's uh, so relevant now. US, USC similar climate, I, I guess. Right. I like don't, in some aspect. Baylor similar climate. Yeah. Texas warm weather. Yeah. Ohio State. Eh, that probably fits, but. I don't think I, I don't know. Ohio State would be weird. Be weird. You know, one that does, and then Auburn, not not at all. <laughs> then not Mich- even. That's like Michigan literally State. the the same. So I think, and, and then Arkansas, which like eh. similar as well. Tennessee too. Like God, if you got if you went to Arkansas, Mich- Michigan, Kentucky's on here. I think like I, I think like honestly, Oregon makes the most it's, sense on here. That'd be so lame. And they need a replacement for Eric Williams. So. Like, look, I'm not anti-Oregon by any means. We need more Oregon. We do need more Oregon. <laughs> However, like, they were, they had expectations last year. It's like, they're, they're not well, I don't want to stick Amani Bates, who could be, like, one of the most marketable players in college basketball next year. If he plays, he's healthy, he's playing, in freaking Eugene. I think their upside Oregon next year is really high. Har- is, like, is Harmon staying? Harmon's there. Is Richardson there? They brought in two five stars in Dior Johnson and and Ware. and then Quincy Garrier is back, and they have a transfer, a JUCO transfer that had to sit out last year, I think, in Rivaldo Sores. I think is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so- fine, you convince me. Let's go. Let's go, Oregon. I have him at twenty eight right now. I, I have I have him in the Pac twelve. And if they get a money Bates, they will be thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> I have them in the Pac-12 behind UCLA and Arizona. So, like, I don't have these, like, crazy expectations for them. But, like, if you tell me, like, they're a top 25 team, like, yeah, I have them right around there. I yeah. don't think that's unrealistic at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Money Bates moves from the 28 to 33. All right. Let's go through uh, Julius Marble real quick. Entered the transfer portal this morning. I haven't heard anything on him. Just want to mention him. And then, David, I don't know if you see, I wrote in. Point six five. Rocket Watts. Rocket Watts is in the portal again and is going to need a waiver. Unfortunately, so is someone else. Rocket. You know who uh, Rocket Watts is? The Devin Askew of college basketball. You know if I. <laughs> you know if I. I have to just point this out. If I was Rocket Watts is transferring for a second time, so he's going to need a waiver, unless like he has a hardship, hardship waver. Yeah. Like like Same with Askew. But if I'm being perfectly honest, and I love Rocket Watts, I loved him when he was a freshman. You know that. But if I was the coach that got Rocket Watts to commit to my team through the transfer portal, I kind of want want him to like get the waiver declined. <laughs> <laughs> he just like without catches, he was so bad. I wanna I wanna speak something into existence. Yeah, a, a match made in heaven. Yeah, Rocket Watts, Georgetown. <laughs> 
Oh, the, put, wor- I, the worlds would collide. I put that idea in your head. The worlds would <laughs> collide. Oh my goodness. I put that idea in your head and you like it. <laughs> um, Dread it. Run from it. Never. History arrived from, the same. Rocket's from Michigan, so like. Ooh, I, like Juwan? No. <laughs> uh, they have too many guys already. All right. Speaking of Michigan, Terrence Shannon rumors. Michigan's the favorite. Thoughts? It makes, a ton, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, he would be so much fun. I, I must say. Is Hunter back? What's Hunter doing? I haven't heard anything about him. I would, I would assume he's coming back. And I think Diabate's gone. And Houston. No, I don't think Diabate or Houston's gone. So I think they like, could bring back everyone except for Devontae like, Jones. All and of them Brooks. are coming back. Well, they can't. I think Eli Brooks is gone for sure. I think Devontae yeah, has Eli maybe Brooks a year. Yeah, Eli Brooks is gone. Devontae might have a year. Devontae could have a year. Devontae Jones? He he could come back. He, I, I think he's a year. He 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 has eligibility remaining. But if you bring in Shan, then like, you know you know whatever you'll. But even then, you know Frankie like, Collins yeah, stepped Frankie up. Yeah, Frankie and Terrence like are gonna get better. Terrence, uh, of course, you bring in four four stars as well that are just gonna sit. Like Jawan has too many players, honestly. So it, it, I mean, obviously, it's a problem. To ha- it's a good problem to have when looking at Terrence Shan because he's a guy again who's just gonna fit right in and, and see he he make an impact right away or he might not play. Like who knows with that? I just. It's just so interesting to see right now because of all the players that he's bringing in. It's a good problem to have, but sometimes two player, too many players, too many players. We'll chatter. Come back to Minnesota, even though we don't need you. All right. Some players that cut their list, and I have a bunch of lists here. We have 12 minutes draft, so we're not going to talk about all of them. But Kendrick Davis is committing, fr- committing Friday night. Yep. Houston, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas, Memphis, Gonzaga. Where's your, where's your early thought on First him? off, four uh, Texas schools. Mm-hmm. I was telling buses last night, and I, I, I fooled him, and I read off the team. I go, I go, Houston, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Rice, UTEP, UT. And I just read every single Texas school. He goes, what is this guy? What? And I go, no, I, it's only the four Texas yeah, schools. Yeah, I mean, he was at TCU to start his career. He went to SMU, and now. Could be back to TCU, potentially. I hope not. I hope it's Houston. I like TCU. If, if, it's, if it's Houston, Liddy, oh, my God. God, yeah, dude, I, they're winning the national dude, I could not handle it. I moved them up, by the way, to number one in my, in my preseason. Look at poll. that, John. I moved moved Duke down to two. I love that, John. I'm just like I need to see who Duke is, get, is getting, like because their roster is far from complete. Houston, I feel, is a little more complete. Dude, what happened to um? What is that dude's my, name? My, my, I think he's going to Memphis. By the way, yeah. What is this dude's name, man? Oh my gosh, Nigel Pack. What's up with him? Haven't heard anything. He's taken some visits. I know he visited Purdue and Miami. Okay, he's been a, um, a little quiet lately. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I think he's taking his time. I I, don't, I haven't heard anything about him. So it's interesting. I would love Houston. Memphis would be fun too, just because it'd be fun. But even then, like I just I don't see the move. I don't see the potential there. You're moving to a team like SMU, and I think you're gonna have so much success at Memphis. You know, Penny's a fine guy, but you lose Jaron Duran, you lose Timberlake, you're gonna lose Bates. Like that team's gonna lose a lot. They lost year. a bunch of guys. Yeah. Lander's Nolly's gone, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in the portal. So, who knows? Kansas would piss me off, but we could see Gonzaga make a ton of sense just because their current guards are terrible. So, yeah. North Chatham Mirror, Florida State, Georgetown, Miami, Texas Tech. Don't know. Don't have a clue with him. Like this guy. This just feels like a guy that Texas Tech gets. But yeah, yeah. I don't really know. I, like with you him. know, it's a good list of schools, and then there's Georgetown as well, <laughs> and it's um Miami. Active in a lot of guys. Let's see if Larry Nagy can still the deal on any of them. Sean McNeil. I bet so much when he goes to Ohio State. He's such an Ohio State player. Sean McNeil, not a lot of reads on either, but 
He's, Virgi- su- he's such an Ohio State player. Virginia, too. Cincinnati, Indiana, Ohio State, Louisville. Ohio State needs shooters because they lost yep. Branham and they lost Justin Aarons. Yep. So, yeah, that, that, that would be a, a good fit, it I think. It makes so much sense, dude. Um, A guy that Arkansas fans blew up my Twitter last week about for probably six hours, Fardaz Amak. Cool name. Washington, Iowa, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, and Texas are his final schools. Two Pacific Northwest teams in there. Two Texas teams in there, as well as Iowa. <laughs> He's not going to Arkansas. Aww. Which, you know, disappointing. for Arkansas is mad they're not getting any of these guys, dude. Arkansas doesn't even know who Jared Lucas is, and they're upset they're not getting him. Yeah, I they, they were blowing up my mentions after I said, like, they, they don't have, like, you, you can't, like, get everyone. Yeah. You don't have that many scholarships. Yeah. Look at look at this, though, man. So proud of so proud of uh, Mark Few. Dipping his toes in the transfer portal. See if he can get anybody because he needs it. By the way, who do you think? I got a text in the last, like, 25 minutes about a college basketball player. Take one guess at who that player is. You're going to laugh. Man, oh man, there's so many players to choose from. I don't even know what to guess. Um, I will tell you a player. We it's it's a player that we have have like kind of clowned before, but not for like the reason of him being like a bad player, but the fact not, that, not like Booth, the fact that like his team was getting overrated and like he was in the starting lineup. <laughs> Alex Barcelo, I don't know who. No, Ben Gregg. Oh my god, <laughs> I got a text about Ben Gregg. Why? Sam was texting me about him. So what, what? What's the text? He's like, is Ben Gregg starting at the four for Gonzaga next year? Goes, no, I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. He's starting at the five. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, I know, is a guy you I like. Love, David. I love BHH. SMU, Wake Forest, Louisville, Arizona State, Auburn. Oh, I think he's going to go to Auburn. That'd be so fun. I don't know if they have a spot for him just because like they have a lot of front court players, obviously. But um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Just to real quick run through a couple lot guys. Johnny Broom has a long list of like eight teams. A lot of great teams as well. Yeah. Good for Johnny I, Broom, I don't man. like Duke Duke, I think, is interested in him. I he was mentioned. I, I don't think he's gonna go there just because the fact that like he'd have to come off the bench behind Phil Powski and Lively, and like I don't think that's like something he'd want to do. It just really depends on the player, but you know, who know who knows? Rob Finnessy. Butler or Cincinnati? There probably. were rumors that he was going to go to Purdue, which would just be comical. Yeah, but probably Butler. Thad, Big Ten guy. Thad's bringing in um, a couple. Dude, co- Thad's getting to work, man. Thad is bringing in coaches today. By the way, I, I John Diebler was one of the names names <laughs> I saw that is coming to Butler. I'm I'm trying not to as look, good not as good as Dicky Nut. I'm trying to look up like wh- who who Butler's bringing in. I, I totally forget. I, there was two guys mentioned. Smart typing right there, John. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to look. Oh, Greg Oden was the other guy. John, Greg Oden, John Diebler, and Greg Oden are going to be. Greg Oden is are, coaching. Are going to be on the Butler, Butler staff? Yes. What it, is what? It's so weird, right? Greg Oden, man. Oh, I feel bad, dude, man. I'm having like, dude, he was so good, but his his left leg is just longer than his I'm, right I'm, leg. I'm like, <laughs> that's what it is. I'm. Th- I can't like think of the word like nostalgia. I'm having like. Yeah, early like Big Ten childhood nostalgia. Right, Deeber now. was funny, but Odin is comical. Dude, Odin dude, is ridiculous. Dude. All right, Jared Lucas, who by the way like turns into Steph Curry every like five minutes in mm-hmm. in Oregon State game. San Diego State, Nevada, Washington State. If San Diego State gets him, I will be just 
off the rails on t- yeah. on Twitter. You know I love that team. You do, you do, you do. Uh, Femme Oduquel, the pit transfer. UConn, Oregon State, Oregon, SMU, Ole Miss. Grant Basil, Iowa State, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin. And then Jameer Young, most recently. Florida, Wake Forest, Miami, Maryland, Georgetown, Purdue. Young, I think, is the most interesting of the names I just mentioned. Yeah, me too. He's also still looking into going to the NBA, I think. And then one guy we didn't mention, Kenny Lofton, who I didn't put on here because he hasn't like narrowed down his choices, but he's another interesting guy. Same with Thompson, same with Nick Honor from Clemson. And Isaiah Thompson? No. Yeah, yeah Isaiah, Isaiah Thompson. Thompson. I thought it was Isaac Thompson. Still waiting on that Mizzou transfer. Nothing. The, no, nothing right now. I'm really hoping it's Nick Honor, but we wait for now. Thanks for tuning in to Marathon to March today. David, you have any last words? I'm just really happy that we go for Jenkins players again. Hopefully we'll have a good team next year. We Dave can, Matter, we can talk about more often. Dave Matter came on at the start of the show. Make sure you go back and listen to that if you haven't already. That show will be up shortly. Thanks for tuning in, guys. So 